I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, And I'm JT Timmons. And today we have another ghost mail for you. Woo! You've got ghost mail. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, before we get into that, though, JT, you got some pair of junkies? I do. I got some pair of junkies. Thank new pair of junkies. Whoop, whoop. Okay, so let's see. I would love to thank Martha Tarr, Amanda, Brandy W, Sarah Tremblay, Jerica Barcelo, Brianna, Masa Richard, David Hernandez, Melissa May Thayer, and Laura Bennett. Thank y'all so much for becoming pair junkies, and we are excited to get you more radio play episodes. Uh, all content is always ad-free for y'all and live streams and you know private live streams public live streams ad free live streams all the live streams discords discords all, all, the, all the things oh yeah so oh yeah, yeah also special over. shout out to uh uh don nielsen and ashley warner for running our fan base uh facebook page yes like Thank you. Yes, if you didn't know we had a Facebook page um, that's specifically for fans of the listeners, you do not have to be a para-junkie to be a part yeah. of this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you want to interact with other para-junkies or uh, listeners to the podcast, you can find us under the Most Haunted City on Earth fan base. Yes, 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 yes. On Facebook. Um, so yeah, definitely go join that because... Don and Ashley are definitely working very hard to they are. keep that active. So Yeah, they're working really, really hard, and it's pretty dope. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank y'all. Absolutely. So, let's dive on in. All right, all right. Let's start it out with some Faye. Oh, boy. <laughs> Faye Daddy out. <laughs> I do need a Faye Daddy shirt, though. Faye yeah, Daddy. well, I've, I've made it. I've made the Fade Daddy shirt, and it will be uh, it'll be on the Pair Junkie only store. Okay, great. Uh, when do I get like, a Fade Daddy shirt? I'll though. order you a Fade Daddy okay, shirt. Okay, great. Yes. Cool. Um, so this one is from Alexandra Mikado, um, and she says Fade rings and other things. Yes. My yes. favorite type of things. Yes, she is a Pair Junkie, very active one. Yes. Chris Madison and JT, y'all just. Um, Listening, y'all just listening to the live stream and wanted to update y'all on a few things. I was the girl on TikTok. This is really throwing it back. Um, I was the girl on TikTok who thought she was dating her ex-boyfriend's doppelganger. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. We remember that story well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I'm not dating him anymore (laughs) and not because of similarities of my ex. He just ghosted me. I'm sorry to hear that. Although this is the appropriate place for ghosted people. Right. (laughs) Not uh, counting this as paranormal. I live in New Orleans and I was mostly in, uh, I was moist in the beginning of May and walking on a major street, the median, neutral ground, and I saw white capped mushrooms in a circle, Fayring. There you go. Correct. Classic. Classic Fayring. In Nola? Yeah. There's oh, Fay yeah, everywhere. Absolutely. 
There's Absolutely. literally okay, Faye okay, everywhere. Daddy. I mean, okay, but like there are. <laughs> and if you see a, a perfect circle or what looks circular like um, made of mushrooms or anything that is a natural like doorway looking threshold arch or something like that, that's a Faye ring. Don't step in it. Don't walk through it. That's it. Pretty classic. Pretty classic. And it's worth noting that the Faye dominate Eurocentric cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, As you start to clash, you won't find as many of them or they will actually be identified as something else. Um, Which, which makes it difficult because like if you go into the Faye and you go into, you know, uh, Ternanog and all, all the, all the constructs of the Faye belief structure, they do change by, by, by regionality, but cultures bring them. Cultures mm-hmm. carry them in their bags. You know, uh, you, you show up in a new new land with your bag full of beliefs. Of yeah. yeah. And, and they follow. And they will, you know, inhabit any area where there are people who are susceptible to the belief structure. Okay. So, real quick question. We'll, we'll, go, on, uh, we'll go on with the story. Jake, father of three, is 44, uh, lives in Orlando, Owns a landscaping business. Mm-hmm. There's a Faye ring. He has no idea. He doesn't even know what Faye is. He just mows right over it. Mowing over it is actually probably the better, better? thing yes. to do is to destroy it's the Faye stepping ring. Stepping inside the ring it's, is the trap. Okay. Like coming at it from the side and getting rid of it. Not not as 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 detrimental. Yeah, right. it's Thanks more for so. So it's more so like picture it like if you saw a bear trap in the woods, yeah. would you want to stick your foot in that? No, no. because it would clamp down on you. Yeah, and that's now, usually what happens. Yeah, it would clamp down on you, and then you have a bear trap on your foot. Now. picture of that with a fey ring it's kind of the same concept now they have access to you they have caught you you've landed in their trap that is what they wanted okay so okay anyways that's yeah Mm -hmm. moving on anyways (laughs) um my pup chancleta which is that's a really cute name for a dog um which alex is is dope bro yes which is spanish for flip-flop by the way um but Almost went in, but I yelled, no! (laughs) (laughs) No chocolate! There happened to have been three circles in that same median. Mm. The third one was more oblong, but still cool. Photos included, as well as my puppers. The rings have since dried out. I was going to ask, Alex, you know. Oh, whoa. That's a big one. That's huge. And it's around a... uh, Around a a tree. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Substance, which could be a home. This is another one. Mm. That looks more like a little fey village. village. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's the other one. That definitely looks more like a fey ring. And this is Chancleta. Oh, oh. The cutest, <laughs> the cutest little meatball. Yes. I want Chancleta. I want Chancleta. <laughs> we want your dog, Alex. She's really cute. She's really cute. Savannah's a very dog-friendly town. Yes. Come bring, visit. Bring, bring, bring the dog. Bring her with you. She can be our guest. There will be some scrunches. There will. Yes. There will be little boops. Anyways, yes. Okay. Those are on the topic of the Fay, though. The if, the reason for the message. <laughs> yes, I think you were absolutely correct in um, assessing that that was a Fay ring. Although that 
oblong kind of mishmash of mushrooms that sounds more like a little house village of sorts, which isn't uncommon to see, um, especially near fairy rings. Uh, if you go to the fairy pools in Scotland, it's crazy to see because you can see all these mushrooms growing up the sides of the hill, and it looks like a little town almost of mushrooms. It's very weird, and I pointed it out to JT. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's where they live, and it's cute. But anyways, <laughs> so um, my Maryland story. I've also had ghost experience when I was 19 years old and I had just graduated from high school and my dad got me a ticket to go to Los Angeles to meet his family, extended Cuban family. So I went and I had fun as a 19 year old can. It was pretty fun. I then got a room at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is very creepy if you have not stayed there. It is beautiful, but uh, oppressing on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, this Hotel used to house major stars of the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. I remember watching a ghost travel show, not a hunting show, and apparently people would hear Montgomery Cliff's trumpet at night, but he's obviously dead. Also, Marilyn Monroe stayed there before she made it big, so I'm a Marilyn fan, and the room she stayed in was under construction, so we couldn't stay in it. Mm. But her mirror was displayed across the way from the gift shop in the hotel, I go down to the gift shop and see the mirror. Lore has it that you can see Marilyn's head floating around. So I have my disposable camera. That was weird. Um, what? Did you not hear that? The rattle? The, uh, no. The door rattling? Nope. And now clicking? Okay. Yeah, well, you know. Okay. Well, anyways. Um, every... Uh, So I have my disposable camera and I'm taking all the pictures, every corner and even behind it. And then I feel this light touch on my arm going up my arm and then it stopped. Marilyn Monroe touched me. (laughs) At least I hope she did. (laughs) (laughs) Then after I take the photos and have my moment with Marilyn, I leave and enjoy my last days of vacation. Then I look for my camera to develop those pictures and it's gone. I lost the dang thing. I don't know if it was being irresponsible Uh, It was being irresponsible or just it disappeared in general. I'll never know if I got evidence of Marilyn Monroe in the mirror. This is my second time sending ghost mail, and I hope to send hometown haunting story from Sterling, Virginia, when I get more information on a certain suburban legend. Thanks so much for sharing my stories and pictures. You guys rock, and the content is amazing as always. Thanks for always supporting, Alex. Yes. Now here's, bring Chonclata, please. An interesting question. Could it have been Jane Mansfield? (laughs) Ooh, Did Jane Mansfield stay there because Jane Mansfield was decapitated? And Jane Mansfield was famously a knockoff of Marilyn Monroe. A lot of people compared the two of them. She was a blonde bombshell sex Why was she decapitated? In a car wreck. Oh. Yeah. Okay, hereditary She went style. under uh, oh, no, uh, like not a hereditary tractor style. trailer, I think. But yeah, Oof. she wow. famously, she was decapitated. And if you're seeing a floating head in a mirror, that's the first thing I thought of. Right. Because yeah. she would look like Marilyn Monroe. From, you know, the neck up. Um, hmm. Because I think she was capitalizing on Marilyn's success mm-hmm. by being a, a sexy blonde bombshell of that era, of Hollywood era. Yeah, dang. All right. But wasn't Marilyn Monroe found dead in the Roosevelt Hotel? I, am I wrong about that? I feel like I remember that I being a I story. Know. I thought she was at home. I don't know much. Hold uh, on. Uh, yeah. We, it, it's been a long time since we I have the interwebs. Okay. I'll yeah, look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up real quick because... Mm. 
But uh, it's funny because we, I, I wonder if uh, if mirrors are going to be our, our, our theme our of theme. the. <laughs> but you know, it's the Roosevelt Hotel in general is just really creepy um because everything's red in there have you uh, have you stayed in the hotel i've not stayed there I, okay I, I know, i'm familiar with it but i've never been i've never oh, actually yes. visited it well i have and it is super freaky everything is dark like blood red um all the rooms just feel dark like you can feel how many bad things have probably happened sure. in these rooms you know bad situations happening you know Schneider house okay then I'm wrong. But yeah, because I remember Marilyn having that attachment, but I, for some reason, associated her death also with the hotel, which personally I think would be a lot creepier. But anyways. But I, I was going to say, it seems like she stayed at the hotel prior to taking off. Right. Um, so the very wistful, hopeful Marilyn and not the drugged out and, yeah. and, right. and uh, troubled Marilyn. Sure. Yeah, it... Ooh. Looks like a drug pen in some of those rooms. Like, <laughs> well, it yeah, really does. It, yeah, what a dark underbelly mm-hmm. our entertainment history has of taking gross advantage of people and, 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 and plying them with alcohol and drugs. And, yeah. Right. You know. Especially in L.A. I mean, that's just classic L.A. behavior. You see that a lot with the hotels there. But... Um, hopefully it was Marilyn Monroe for your sake. If you're a fan, I hope you did get touched by Marilyn. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. But uh, next story comes from Scarlett. Visited a boy uh, ghost or visited by a boy ghost in Cambodia. Mm. Ooh, cool. All right. All right. I like this. Oh, yes. All right. So, hello there. Thank you for taking the time to read my story, and I hope you enjoy it. I have a firm belief system about life after life and ghost spirits slash spirits that is a great importance to me. Many spooky and supernatural things have happened to me, and I'd like to share my first ever encounter with the supernatural with you. In 2013, I was volunteering in an AIDS orphanage in the Cambodian countryside. Mm, The land on which the orphanage was built belongs to a pagoda and was previously a hospice for AIDS victims in the 1990s and uh, early 2000s before it was converted into an orphanage for the remaining surviving children the land therefore has an abundance of spiritual energy and has been the place of pain suffering and death for many decades wow our listeners are so cool. Sometimes I know, they right? Like, like, yeah, since their stories are amazing. Like, I mean, that's so, that's so wild. It is wild. Like, good for you. But we arrived on Saturday and began our volunteer duties immediately. All was going well, but I was really struggling to sleep at night. With hindsight, this was mainly due to the fact that we were in the middle of the dry season in Cambodia, the hottest month of the year. But I also felt so uneasy in the room we were sleeping in. I shared a dorm room with my friend and there were two single beds, both pushed against the wall on opposite sides of the room. And I slept in the bed in the corner diagonally opposite the door. I got 
to Tuesday or it got to Tuesday and in my sleep deprived state, I mentioned to my friend that I didn't think I could stay any longer if I wasn't sleeping as I couldn't be of much help. That night, as usual, I was really struggling to doze off. At some point, I must have fallen asleep as I suddenly woke up really abruptly feeling the urgent sensation to pee. As I started to come to and get ready to get out of bed to go to the bathroom and relieve myself, I was completely struck down with fear. To this day, I've never felt a fear like this. It is indescribable. I could feel someone lying down in my bed next to me. I was lying on my stomach with my head turned to the side, so I was looking at my friend, and the person in my bed was lying in between me and the wall. I could feel the weight of them. They were small and lying on their back with their head turned to face the back of mine, and I could feel their vision burrowing into the back of my head so intensely. I lay there for what it felt like a lifetime, trying to muster up the energy to leap out of bed and out of the door. Finally, I did, and I ran to the bathroom. After using the toilet and composing myself, I returned to my room only to find the bed empty with no sign of any intruders anywhere. I was so scared that I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. The next day, I moved around in a total haze, trying to decipher what had happened, but it was all too much to understand. That night, after the rest of the volunteers had retired to their dorms, I was left alone with the founder of the hospice slash orphanage, Wayne. In my desperation to shed some light on what the fuck happened, excuse me mm-hmm. for it's the okay. language, we'll bleep it out, but yeah. um, had uh, happened to me, I decided to tell Wayne about my encounter the night before. I started by saying, Wayne, I think there was someone in my bed last night, to which Wayne immediately replied with, oh yes, that probably was dot, dot, dot. Now, unfortunately, I have forgotten the name Wayne mentioned. But I do remember the first name was with a K and the second with an S. So for the sake of the story, I shall use the name KS. So Wayne tells me, ah, yes, that was probably KS. To say I was shocked was an understatement. Who was KS and how did Wayne so adamantly know that he was the person that was in my bed? At this point, I would like to add that I was not into ghosts and supernatural stuff at all. I had no interest in it, and I currently did not believe in the afterlife in any form. So, of course, I had Wayne, um, I asked Wayne to please elaborate, and he proceeded to tell me the story of this young boy who was born HIV positive in a small village in the countryside. Due to poverty and misinformation about AIDS, he was shunned by his family and community and left in a box at the side of the road as a baby. Luckily, someone found him in time and took him to the orphanage where he received medication and learned how to walk again, and more importantly, how to trust people. Wayne said that he was a relatively healthy child who loved sports and had a positive future ahead of him. One day, he contracted a bad case of diarrhea and had to go into hospital to be put on a drip, just as a precaution. Wayne took him and got him settled and told KS that he was going to pop into the city to run some errands and that he would be back within a few hours. But Wayne ended up taking far longer than a few hours, and when he returned around four hours later, KS had passed away. Oh, man. Wayne was shocked and confused, as were the doctors. There were no determinable reason as to why he had died as the drip had ensured he wasn't dehydrated. Wayne then told me that he believed KS had willed his own death, as he had thought that he had been abandoned by Wayne in the pain and trauma that had caused him effectively killed him 
So after digesting this information, I turned to Wayne and I asked him, so why did KS come into my bed last night? Why did he visit me? Wayne says he believes that KS wanted some attention and recognition. As three days after KS's passing, another young boy named Chang had died in the, uh, at the orphanage. Chang had a strong relationship with Wayne and, another, and other volunteers. And Wayne admitted that Chang's death had dominated the attention of everyone in KS's, de- that, that, <laughs> in KS's death had been forgotten. I also have a crazy story about Chang too, but that's it for another day. Wow. After this intense and mind-blowing conversation, I decided to head to bed, not really knowing what to expect. Now, what happens next is a bit of a blur, but I vaguely remember feeling a presence in the room with me at some point in the middle of the night. I remember stirring and sensing someone standing in the room by the dorm door. This time, I didn't feel that surge of dread and unfathomable fear, but I felt like this presence was feeling very shy and sheepish. Still, I was very spooked and shut my eyes as tight as I could get them, and I said in my head, if that's you, KS, I I see you, I acknowledge you, and you are loved. I don't remember what happened next, as I must have drifted off to sleep pretty swiftly. After that occurrence on the Wednesday night, I slept so soundly in that room and I was never visited by the ghost of chaos again. Please find attached some photos of Wayne in the crematorium and also a photo of Chang and, and an expert or excerpt talking about Chang's passing. All files are taken from a book written about the orphanage a few years after I volunteered there. The book is entitled In a Rocket Made of Ice by Gail oh, Guttrad. What a great title. I know, oh. right? Peace out, Scarlet. Wow. So I'm assuming this is Wayne in the crematorium. Wow. Which is very frightening that they have all the children's faces on the wall. I'm assuming this must be Chang. Wow. And then here's the excerpt. Okay. Very interesting. Well... Goodness gracious! Yeah, um, Debray will have all the all the photos uh, that she sent in up, and you can read the excerpt and all mm-hmm. that. Uh, that was that's a wild story. Wow, well, it's a wild story. But it's also not unreasonable to believe that you know these children would mm. be sticking around, especially because that land is, like you said, known a lot of tragedy, a lot of yeah. hardship, and so children's spirits tend to stick better and we've talked about that plenty of times and especially if this child in particular had severe abandonment issues you know it makes sense that he would stay around and want to feel acknowledged by the people who he trusted the most feel like wayne needs to forgive himself right that's that's a lot to carry it is it is a lot to carry i mean you know it's unfortunate that the child went through all that but you know it's not his fault that right, mm-hmm. right, right. Died. A lot to you carry. Know. Exactly. Especially in that profession, and uh, where where so many children seem to have passed, and that's another thing is when you're in a place where death is so prevalent, you find that the energy itself is, you know, a ground zero for supernatural mm-hmm. activity. You know, we talk about hospitals a lot. You know, where people suffer or where there's a lot of 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 death that is acknowledgeable you know you know that the the chances are high it's about opening that door between worlds 
And if it's a place where death happens regularly, then the door sure. is never right. closing. It's 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 creaked open to that point. So yeah, it's it's what a tragic place. And Cambodia really is a is is a, a relatively tragic country, given you know Pol Pot and Cameroon Rouge, mm-hmm. uh, just Khmer Rouge, uh, wholesale murder of uh, genocide. You know, um, and that's of recent memory. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of woe and a lot mm-hmm. of blood. Uh, and and what a tragic situation. Truly. Overall. And especially with small children, with small that children. It, you know, who are going through a really horrific illness. I can only imagine how sad. And I, think, I think you had it right with the abandonment issues. I think that's where, you know, potentially residual haunting has. Well, the hooks. Yeah, of, absolutely. yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's what has kept that residual haunting. I don't know if it's in, residual. Well, well, I said, possibly intelligent haunting right. um, around, uh, you know, versus another child that might have died and, you know, just is not there. Sure. Right? The ghost is not there. Um so I think that there's there's that level of you know when you when you're alive you know what could keep you around and I think I think abandonment issues are like you know tier one. Well, yeah, like exactly. That. You know, um, not feeling because a lot of times, um, especially with hospice, you'll hear people saying like, "Oh, my loved ones came to pick me up," yeah. like and things like that. But if you're a child of a family who literally left you in a box, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how much family he would be close enough with or have that type of relationship with where he would start to see that family or want to, or trust to go with those people. Um, So I could totally see that being like the perfect type of person to stick around as an intelligent spirit. And to seek it out at the place where people cared for and, you know, and, and to seek out like the new person, the new energy and say, Will, will you stick by me? Will you acknowledge exactly. me? And then, of course, the fact that, um, and, and oftentimes is the case, you can talk to spirits. And when you do, just that act of acknowledgement oftentimes soothes their restlessness just by saying, I, I acknowledge you, I see you, you know. Um, I felt a little bit of that in Washington, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where where Madison was talking to those those little girls and they were just like, you know, they were kind of happy to be. Oh, absolutely. Tell, yeah. Like their their responses were positive. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and it will satiate them for a period of time. They may quiet it down for a period of time yeah. Yeah. through the act of that so like you know if you know there's a spirit in your house or you have a suspicion you can always just be like i'm i know you're there i'm you know i'm I'm just walking to the kitchen i'm getting a glass of water you, you know you don't have to live with the fear of it jumping out at you because a lot of spirits what they want is acknowledgement they want mm-hmm. they want to participate in life and if you can acknowledge them they feel participatory and also i think it was important to note too that you had mentioned um that when chang had passed the death of KS had been glossed over yeah, almost. It got overshadowed and by exactly, yeah. and I could totally see if you're if it's already a child with severe needs for attention and yep. things like that. When your death is glossed over and you feel forgotten, that's going to amp up the insistence, right. you know, um, on being acknowledged and having that connection again. Uh, so it makes sense that he's the most active, but. I'm I'm so sad for him. It's very I sad. Know. That's a very sad tale. Yeah. Very sad. But 
All right, we've got one more. Yeah, y'all. thank you for thank you for sending that in. That was that was honestly that was a really cool one. That was unbelievable. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. And then this next one is too many ghost stories. Question mark. From Kyla. Hey, y'all. My name is Kyla. I've been listening to you guys since the beginning, and this has easily become my favorite podcast to listen to to uh, while doing chores around the house. I've always loved listening to other people's ghost stories, but have never uh, wanted to experience anything personally. <laughs> However, these two stories I have may be the closest I will ever get to experiencing anything paranormal. And if that's true, that is fine by me, in all caps. <laughs> Also, sorry if these aren't as spooky as most of the stories you get. They have just always stood out to me as a little odd. First story happened when I was a teenager. My sisters and I were spending the night at my dad's. His apartment was in one of the oldest cities in our state and was a has a reputation for being uh, home to hippies and witches. My sisters were sleeping in the living room while I slept in my dad's room on the floor. His apartment was on the second floor and wasn't very big. Every room was connected and you could easily walk through every doorway if you had walked in a big circle. The way I was laying had the top of my head in the direction of the kitchen. I had a hard time sleeping, so I stayed up watching some TV while everyone else was snoozing. When I finally tried falling asleep, I could hear clicking or ticking in the kitchen. At first, I thought it was our dog's claws clacking against the kitchen floor, but I looked and he was asleep on the floor next to my dad. Then I then thought it might have been a clock my dad could have had in the kitchen, but every time I popped my head up and looked towards the kitchen, the sound stopped. When I put my head back down, it wasn't long until the sound started up again. After doing this a few times and not being able to figure out what was going on, I just shrugged it off. The next morning, my younger sister had said she heard a man talking in the night before, uh, while she was trying to sleep. I asked if I could have, uh, if it could have been me watching TV, but she said no. My older sister told her that it was most likely someone she heard outside because the windows were cracked open. But the way she said it and kept trying to convince our younger sister to take it as at face value and move on, I could tell that that wasn't the case and that she might have heard it too. My second story happened when I was about 21 and just moved to Virginia with my husband. It was our first apartment together and had chosen to move into this old and small apartment site unseen. My husband had moved in first while I waited until I, until I waited until I had finished school. He had informed me that a block away there was a small cemetery. Not going to lie, my first thought was, oh God, this is how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> We, we going to have ghosts, please no. Nothing had really happened though. That was until after living there for about a month, I had my first ever experience with sleep paralysis. The first time it happened, I remember being in bed, not able to move or speak. I looked over at the doorway to see a man crouched on the floor in my room with his back to me. 
His whole body and clothes were a grayish green. He was wearing a trench coat and you guessed it, a fedora. Ah! He was kind of. But he's crouched? Yeah. Never that's heard of crouching. That's, that's a new one. That's Although, a, add that to the Classic hot man. sleep paralysis demons crouch on your chest. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of tales of, of a demon creature right. that is crouched. As a matter of fact, there's a, there's painting, a photo. famous painting. Mm-hmm. There's a painting. Yeah. Of the um, hag. Yeah. Yeah. Of of like little demons on a on a woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that one. That yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were referring to the the Gullah Gothic. painting. No, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pretty famous Gothic painting of 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 a an entity. Yes. Crouched. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a little goat legged yes. cherub, actually. Anyway, back to the but story. Yes. Um, add that one into the Hat Man book, I guess. Yeah. Crouching um, Hat Man. Crouching hat, hat Man. The Crouching Hat Man. He was kind of rocking back and forth like Gollum over here with a fedora. Uh, like, mm-hmm. Also interesting, the gray green is right? interesting to me as well. Um, but once he knew I had noticed him, he had um, never turned around. He immediately stopped and slowly stood up and started backing up toward me. Absolutely not. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> not weird. facing you. That's interesting. That is. Yeah. I was so freaked out because I thought this was real and didn't know what sleep paralysis was at this point. This would happen often. Each time something new awaited me. One time, in um, I could feel something invisible climb on top of my chest and slowly try to pull the covers over my head. Oh, God. Another time, I could hear people in my bathroom, which shared a wall with my bedroom, talking about me and how I knew that they were there. Another time, I heard my husband walk in the door, put his keys down, and tell me an excuse of why he was home so early. I started to learn the signs of when I would start slipping into these episodes and try my hardest to fight them and stay awake. And they always happen in the morning. Interesting. Mm. I started to expect that that this was my life now and to live with it. That was until we moved out to a different complex in a different part of town and the sleep paralysis stopped. I haven't had another episode since, so all that paired with the with the fact that there is a cemetery not even a block away has me really thinking the two may have been connected somehow. Sorry for the long e- email. Thank you guys for all you do. Stay spooky, y'all. I, That's I horrifying. Love, yeah, I love that story. I don't think it has to do with the cemetery at all, just personally. Just yeah, yeah, like, well, yeah, cemeteries aren't the most It haunted. does seem like, location. I think there's uh, something else. Location-centric, because right. if you moved away and that stopped... That's pretty in- good indication. That yeah. is something to do. That's yeah. not generally how sleep paralysis works. No, you know it's not location. You know, and, and the fact that you only experienced it there. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't experience it before then, and you didn't experience it after then. That kind of seems to suggest that it was the place, right? Yeah. Um, which then brings about well, what was what was in the place? <laughs> right. I mean, it sounds <laughs> what like a was there. It sounds like a yeah, uh, you know. Well, and um, that's not impossible. Smorgasbord of ghosts. Well, right. it's the fact that it seemed like the spirits, because she said that she heard them talking about her and how right. that she could see them. That sounds to me that these entities have a relationship of some mm-hmm. form. So it could have been, you know, somebody previously. You said it's a really old apartment complex, mm-hmm. so somebody could have opened something up, Absolutely. maybe left something behind. You know, which is not impossible. You know, an entity that was attached to somebody yeah. else who lived there liked the spot and knew that. They well, were and it brings be- about the concept that sleep paralysis is a method of connection right um but not exclusive in sense of 
one of the entities is able to put you into sleep paralysis while other entities kind of argue over right. <laughs> what to do with you <laughs> while you're in this state. Or like um, The fact that you have these different experiences, the crouching uh, hat man, the voices in, in, right. in the next room, the, the thing on your chest, um, they all seem like different entities. They all seem to have different modalities. Right. And you're like, oh, Paul, quit putting her in the sleep paralysis. We <laughs> or, just want to look hold at- her there. Hold her there. Hold her yes. there. <laughs> I'm going to back up. Beep, beep, beep. beep. Back me up, Paul. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's super creepy. And the imagery of it too is just it's very frightening. Yeah. Um, very frightening. Very scary. Almost like something was like, I'm just going to parade as Hatman, but I do not operate in the same modality as yeah. Hatman. It's well, odd. and that's just the 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 concept of what Hatman looks like is a person who's trying to obscure themselves, wear a hat, wear a coat collar you know make sure that they can't see you and the fact that he didn't turn around that's mm -hmm. a big one um there's a lot of classic uh you can only see the back of entity stories um and there's also you yourself if you turn your back on certain entities yeah you know they obscure so hmm all right. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, very, thank you very. for sending that in. Yes. Uh, we do have time for one more short story. Um, so this one's actually going to be called Ghost Mail Native American Lesson. Yay. From oh, wow. Monique. Monique. Uh, now, hey there. I absolutely love your podcast, and I am so happy to finally be a parajunkie. Thank you, Monique, for joining that, Monique. Yes. Um, I am working my way through all the episodes, so y'all are on my commute, or y'all are my commute comrades uh, <laughs> to and from work. The episode, or the experience I was going to share with you happened about five years ago, back when I was still living Thunder? in Ohio. It sure sounds like it. But it's been going on too long. It's gone, it's gone on way too long. That was a ridiculously loud rumble. They, they didn't hear it because of compression. Or it was a... Um, a buffalo stampede, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's it, babe. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Totally. Those, those, those right. Savannah buffalo. Well, Let's go ahead and jump on in. Anyways, yeah. it could have been the fae anyways. <laughs> so, um, this happened about five years back when I was still living in Ohio. Here's a little backstory. The Ohio Historical Society, now known as the Ohio History Connection, has an adventure passport of sorts that takes you all around the state to check out different historical sites. My friend and I would typically use this as an opportunity to take day trips to escape the city, do a little learning, and find new breweries. Sounds like a good time. That sounds like a good time. One day, they were working, and I decided to fly solo. I ended up at Flint Ridge Ancient Quarries and Nature Preserve. I picked this spot because it was a nice day and they have some nice walking trails. When I arrived, I went directly to the museum to check out the exhibits and get a trail map before I headed out. When I got outside of the museum, there was a handful of families with young kids giggling and having a grand old time. This will be important soon. Once I got past the families, I started on my way. Mind you, the trail I was going on, the quarry trail, is a loop in less than a mile. I've included a map below. I got 75 to 100 feet, maybe more, onto the trail. I was far enough away to lose sight of the museum, but could still hear the families clear as day. 
I love shiny things and saw a rock that caught my eye. I also love shiny things. I am also a fellow crow. Um, <laughs> it was a piece of flint, hence the name of the location. So I crouched down to get a better look at it, and I wasn't planning on taking it. I just wanted to admire it. So I got down, picked it up while I was squatting, then I put it back down right where I found it. When I stood up, I was completely disoriented. The air was eerily still and heavy, and I couldn't hear the families, and I didn't know where I was. Again, this is a Mm. loop trail, and I wasn't far from the starting point, but could not seem to figure out where I was. I instantly began to panic and started to walk towards what I thought was the mouth of the trail, but I was still incredibly uneasy. After a few more steps, everything went back to how it was. It was like a light switch was flipped. I could hear the families again and no longer felt disoriented. Maybe I got up too fast and experienced their head rush, but I don't believe that was the case. I should have known better than to touch anything, but my curiosity got the best of me. Was a Native American spirit trying to teach me a lesson or did I stumble into a portal? I have no idea. What I do know is that the feelings I experienced that day was will stick with me the rest of my life. I hope y'all enjoyed my long-winded story, and thank you for taking the time to read it. <laughs> yeah, and she sent a photo of the map of the trail. So it's this, okay. like, loop right here. It's literally a loop. Yeah. It is a circle, and it's only 0.7 miles. So okay. not, not a big trail at all. What do y'all think? Um, Sounds like you might have hit a time slip. Right. You might have done a time a, slip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's that? So a time slip, and it, and there's a street in London where apparently it is rampant. People have this experience a lot. It's just basically when you inexplicably find yourself in another time. Um, in London, I think the the time slip classically takes you like to the 1800s. Like you, you go down this alley, and all of a sudden, everyone's dressed in 1800s wear. There's horses and carriages, and all. Dang, of a sudden. I want to go that time slip. And then, right? It's it's fascinating, but you know, something as simple as like touching an item that had been there for a long time, or mm-hmm. doing things like that, can initiate it. Um, but the description of like the air quality being different, of everything stilling and and not being able to hear anything, it it's it it's possible that you were just um, taken to another plane. You know, you just made that sidestep into that kind of realm. Uh, yeah. And uh, much like fey rings, mm-hmm. uh, little things can be put in your path that if you mm. touch them, move right. them, take them, sure. you are initiating this kind of thing. So, uh, and I have heard uh, stories of people like taking something from a place and then having terrible experiences until they brought the thing back. Right. So it's possible that it was a, a trap and, you know, just the picking up and putting it down gave you that little bit. But if you had taken it and, and left with it, you might've been worse much, off. Yeah, yeah. Much worse off. Well, it's interesting because something similar has happened to both JT and I at one point in Forsyth um, where, there have been occasions now JT and I used to live off of Forsyth for like literally right off the park. So we would walk through the park often um, to go to wherever it is that we were going. And there was one occasion where he was by himself walking through the park. And then I had a separate occasion after his happened where both times we were disoriented into being like, I don't know where I am in this park. Like, you know, 
JT's shaking his head. He just walked off camera. But the, uh, yeah, it was kind of this feeling of like, I don't know where North is. I don't know where South is. And Forsyth is not that type of space. Not at all. It is. It was so bizarre. And, you know, the first time it happened to him, I was like, well, it was night. Maybe you just like forgot which way you came into the park or something. But still, you can usually orient yourself pretty right. easily because you can see the streets and stuff but i had the same thing happen where i was like it looked a lot more more heavily forested it felt like there were more animals um like the owls were really loud that night for some reason you know that's a classic time slip situation exactly where like you're walking and all of a sudden you're you're in a denser woods right or just the woods at all like you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you feel like you're surrounded by trees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it would make sense for Forsyth specifically because that used to be all trees. Yeah, it absolutely. was a whole forest at one point before they turned it into what it is now. Um, so I feel like you had a similar experience in that. And I would go more on that line of time slip and you just kind of came out of it faster. Um, especially and because Flint is really powerful. Flint too. is very powerful. You know, you know fire starter. Exactly. Um, and, you know, if you, if you think on that Native American connection, there is um, lots of stories of, of, of the plane change and the, you know, uh, of, of going through that. So, yeah, I'd be very interested, you know, to know more. If um, anybody else Of is. the region right. and, 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 and what specific um, indigenous beliefs there were. Uh, because I know yeah. further west there are stories of... Um, of the trickster god uh, coyote oh, yes. doing things like that, leaving things for people to ensnare themselves. Absolutely. Um, well, if anybody else has also experienced that on that trail, let us know. Yeah. Or uh, anywhere. Or anywhere if you've had a similar experience. Because it's weird. It's a weird feeling for sure. But thank you guys so much for sending in your ghost mail. We thoroughly enjoyed today's episode. I hope you did as well. Um, but if you have a story you want to send in, you can send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. As well as any, you know... Um, Q&A's questions that you have or anything else you want to share with us. Photos, videos, we love it all. So with that though, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, And stay spooky, y'all.